A game of rugby takes 80 minutes. That's 4,800 seconds. But it only takes one to win a scrum, to steal a line out, make a break and score a try. One second for a hero to become a legend, for one team to become champions. And it's their line-out that creates the opportunities to score their tries, and that's exactly what happened. He goes wide, and he finds a winger. Oiderman, he's faster than a bald man's haircut. Oiderman, and he gets the try. What a heartbreaker. Welcome to MLR Kickoff, episode 110, with your hosts, Dan Power and Pete Steinberg. Hello, folks. Mariah Carey has been ringing through this household for about a month now. The holiday season is upon us, and we have an early present for all you MLR fans. Dan Power with you alongside the professor, punching above his weight, as always, Pete Steinberg. Pete, just back from Hawaii, looking very sun-kissed and refreshed. Thanks for joining us, buddy. How are we doing? We're doing well. Hawaii was great, except for the fact that I had to room with my teething 20-month-old son. But um, it was great. We, we had a blast, and we got out on the day that the big storms came. So um, I don't know if you heard that there was snow in Hawaii. Now, there is a 13,000-foot um, volcano on the big island, so it's pretty high. Um, but there was snow up there, and when there's snow up there, there's... Um, storms down at the coast so we got caught up in that in fact when we were having dinner before we caught the red eye back the hotel sorry the restaurant that we were at the lights went out the electricity went out for a couple of minutes so it was pretty bad when we got there the united um hot spots weren't connecting so they couldn't board us it took us like an hour and a half to come back like to board so it was it was a little crazy and then the next day all the flights got cancelled so i guess we're pretty happy to be able to get out of that you know, American Airlines wouldn't have done that to you, Pete, because they're the proud sponsors of Major League Rugby, of course. Uh, they would have got you home safe and sound and on time. I uh, just hope United don't listen to this because I fly United a lot as well. But fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So Hawaii was fingers good. Crossed. Family's good. All right, yeah, Hawaii's good. Family's great. Yeah, we've got the, the, the tree went up the day after Thanksgiving. We've got um, Yvonne asked me to climb up our rickety ladder and put up the... Uh, Christmas lights around the house, including up like along the top, which is like relatively scary when you do it. I mean, I keep doing it worse and worse every year because I wanted to get to the point to be like, hey, look, let's just get someone else to do it. But however I'm doing it, every time she goes, oh, it looks great. I'm like, are you sure? (laughs) So we'll, yeah, but we're we're ramping up to Christmas. Families start coming in this weekend. We have uh, um, a... uh, sister-in-law and, and her husband coming in for, for the holidays. So that'll be a lot of fun. What about you, Dan? What about Christmas at the new place? Yeah, yeah. Did lights a while ago. We've actually been in the festive mood for a while here in the uh, power household. Tree went up super early, which I'm a, I'm a December 1st kind of guy. I feel like, let's get it going December 1st. Let's get through Thanksgiving. But uh, I gave in new house, so gave in to the, the kiddos this year. I've got a story for you if you want to get out of hanging lights. This is many moons ago in Colorado, actually. Uh, Not my next door neighbor, two doors down, was up hanging his lights and he fell. Uh, There'd been an early snow or just not even early in Colorado, just a snow. And he slipped on the roof. There was some at the back. So I guess facing north, the north side of the 
thing because it hadn't melted yet and slipped, broke his pelvis. And uh, I actually found the guy. He'd been there for four hours laying at the back of his house. On the oh, my gosh. Patio, fractured pelvis. And I pulled up. And the only reason I, uh, I, I had to go back into the yard, in the backyard, something where I couldn't come in the normal way. And all of a sudden I could hear something. I'm like, what's that noise? And I stuck my head up and then, help. <laughs> oh my God, went down there and poor old fellow was on the roof. Slipped, broke his pelvis. Pretty decent job. Um, Luckily, was, I, I wasn't on call. So I didn't have to go back to work that night and then and, uh, watch him get all plated and screwed up. So, well, I, I, two things. One is I refuse to climb on the roof. So I don't get that high. And the second thing, Yvonne doesn't let me do it unless she's around. So she's, she's, I feel like she's expecting a fall and she just wants me to be, she just wants to be there to call the ambulance when it happens. So, well, I'll try again next year, not putting up the lights down. I'll see what I can do. You're a masochist, Yvonne Steinberg. We're trying to hurt your poor husband, Pete. All right, Pete, uh, New Year, bring some changes to the show. We are going to not change too much, but it's going to be, I, I believe you used the words, a pivot. You want to dive in a little bit and let the fans know what's happening? Yeah, so I think, you know, we've, we've done, um, I mean, is this our fifth year of MLR kickoff? I believe so. Yep. Yeah. We are in season five. Wow, a little we're bit of depression in Aaron's voice there. <laughs> for five years. So, so, so five years, and and I think that when we started, then we were probably one of the um, only, like, yeah, you know, one of the first podcasts, right? There were a few others like Rugby Wrap Up and those guys that that were around before even MLR. But you know, we were the first guys, and and, and we did a, you know, we, we we've been relatively traditional, right? So we've kind of done a review of what happened last weekend and then a preview of what's going to happen this weekend and it's all been about the game and stats and you know there's a lot of good quality stuff like if you go into the rugby network every week there's three or four shows that are kind of doing the same thing so we think we think that maybe there's an opportunity for us to fill a slightly different niche don't worry Dan I'll still be the professor I'll still drop some rugby knowledge on you but we we want we want to tell some stories we want to um, provide a little bit more background, um, maybe be a little bit more accessible to people that are new to the game. Like it's hard to kind of jump in and have us talk about like center, center pairings, right? And, you know, which, how, you, how you pair the centers when someone doesn't know what the center position is, right? So we, we want to we be a little bit more accessible to both the rugby fan and maybe the guy or the gal that just found rugby on, you know, Fox potentially, um and you know and just said hey i want to learn more about it and and they could come to mlr kickoff to learn more and um you know so it's going to be it i I agree with you dan it's not going to be a huge change i think we're still going to have you know the the uh, professor's deep dive will probably be at the end of the show for the people that want to hang out for it but it will be a lot of like meeting more people in the background of mlr learning more about the players learning more about the stories and kind of you know it's the fifth year, but there's, you know, we need, we need some of these stories to be told because as, as the league grows, you know, we don't want to lose kind of like the league's oral history. Right. And so we want to capture, kind of capture some of that as we go through. So it's a little bit of a pivot, Dan, probably a little bit more in, in, in your wheelhouse than, uh, um, than, than mine. Um, but I'm excited because I think that, you know, we need to grow the game and maybe MLR kickoff can help help people learn about the league, learn about rugby and, and become fans. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be a good uh, vessel for new fans to sort of um, kick off their MLR career or their rugby careers. Right. Um, I'm, you know, and I'm starting to hear a lot more and more from people, Pete, that 
people are actually stumbling upon the league uh, on whether it was Fox or CBS, you know, who were partners uh, for the first four years of Major League Rugby, and then kind of just trying to figure it out as they go along. So I think this is going to be a great um, resource for new fans to kind of right. know one better than the professor too to help them on their rugby journey. So I appreciate we've got that. Covered. What what I would say is this is something that I think from the very first time that I got involved and, and I can't remember if, if it was Nick Benson, maybe, maybe it was Nick that told me, but like some, one of the muckety mucks high up in the league is just like, you know what? If every rugby fan in America follows major league rugby, that's not enough for the league to survive in the long term. Right. Yeah. It's just not, they're just not enough rugby fans in, in America. Major league rugby has to reach a new audience for it to be long-term sustainable. And, and that really, that, that actually really hit me. It, it very much colored the way I commentate and, and, you know, how I try and explain the game as we go through. Um, you know, I know that, uh, you know, it, hey, it happens to me when I'm listening to a broadcast and I hear, you know, the commentators kind of like go back to the basics or compare it to football. And you're like, you kind of roll your eyes, but actually that's what we need to do, right? We need to make this game more accessible to the American rugby fan. And we need every person that tunes into a game to walk away saying, I got enough of that that I want to do it again. And so it's, it's really important. I mean, all, all of our listeners, everyone like get, if, everyone, if every rugby fan in America got five new MLR fans, then we'd probably be okay. But that's kind yeah. of like the number that we're talking about, right? Like five, five X or 10 X what we have. Yeah, you're right. I've, I've heard uh, Commissioner George Killebrew talk about that a lot, about making um, the rugby experience uh-huh. more right. familiar for American sports fans and you know you and I have been involved with the TV since year one and, and that was one of the big things talking to uh, you know the television executive side of things is you have to be comparative to the American sports so right. you know you don't want to go out and be doing things that they're not used to seeing or they're not used to hearing so keep it familiar and then the game will sell itself so hopefully we're doing a good job of that that's all right. That'll be exciting. That, that'll kick off in the new year. So you've got the, the holidays to get through this one. And then, and then we will see some changes come through uh, January on your, your podcast feed. So keep an eye on that. Let's just jump into a bit of news now. Uh, Atlanta, they make the move away from Life University. They go to Silverback Park, which is a 5,000 seat. I believe it was one of the minor league soccer teams played there. We're called the Silverbacks. Um, so I actually like the facility a lot. I've seen some pitches and uh, I think we've had some rugby there before. I think the Renegades, the, the local team, uh, club team there played there and maybe we've hosted an event or, or two there over the years, but it's kind of like that sweet spot. It's, it is expandable. So 5,000 seat now, but I believe it does have the ability to expand, which is going to start hitting that sweet spot uh, for attendance. Funny enough, I was actually just looking at MLS attendance and Atlanta's the highest attended. It's not yep. even close. Like how high their average attendance is. I think it's 43,000 is the average for their home games there. So Atlanta, good city, good sports cities. Hopefully that appetite translates across and makes them a little bit more accessible. One of the knocks probably was yep. Marietta was a little out of the way. Um, but, you know, this move takes them just north of Atlanta now. And it'll be Thoughts? interesting to see what, what they do around training. Right, because I think they trained at life, and and there's a real you know, benefit to be able to just go, like like to be where you play. So it'll be interesting to see what Atlanta does there. And I think that there was some flooding at life because of some 
I think there were some storms down there or something like that, and there was going to be some some issues. Maybe Stats Boy has the has more the lower field was damaged with flooding, but Life is actually mm-hmm. in the middle of a major physical plant upgrade. In June, they broke grand on a on a full on high performance center, yanking out like the gymnasium, their last gym, and basically, at least for for the Life Running Eagles, it's it will be probably the best rugby performance facility in north america when it's finished um, so i mean wow. the, that's saying something because there's some there are some mlr teams like i know like um san diego has built a high performance center right so there are some mlr teams that are doing that that's saying a lot right stuff that's going on in houston and in nola so that'd be amazing for the uh, for the running eagles down there yeah, that would be cool to keep an eye on that. A couple of years actually uh, should be up and running. All right, World Rugby eligibility change. Now, a lot was made of this. And, and again, a lot of the focus was on the Pacific Islands with, um, you know, the All Blacks for years have been accused of uh, raping the Pacific Islands for their own game, bringing over kids in their teens, putting them in the New Zealand school systems, keeping them in the, the system for the All Blacks. Uh, love it or hate it, it is what it is. But this now, I believe, is a three-year non-selection sit-out for your country of birth, your parents' country of birth, or your grandparents' country of birth. And then you can become eligible at a three-year hiatus from being selected uh, for your previous nation. Now, was there something in there, tier one, tier one, or was it is that just across the board? No, I think it's I think it's across the board. I don't think it's, okay. it's based on it's a blanket. On, uh, so yeah, you, could, okay. you could yeah. go in theory because there are some players that could go from England to Scotland or to Wales yeah. or to even Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think this is a like like the idea of this initially. I, look, you know, I there's been a lot of discussion about whether this is good for tier two nations, um, and in the spirit of um, our new pivot, Dan, tier two nations are not one of the big sort of eight or 10 nations that have been traditional for rugby, right? So the U.S. is a tier two nation, as you said, Fiji, Samoa, Tonga are tier two nations, but also a Uruguay, Spain. So, th- so the, the teams that aren't really competing for the quarterfinals of the World Cup, probably a good way of putting it, because I think Japan probably isn't a tier two nation anymore. Argentina isn't. So those nations, um, you know, this has been... You know, it, the, the question is, does it really help them? And and the, I, I think that's the wrong question. I, I What I like about this rule is it's very player-centric. So it allows a player to play, to, conti- that, to, to continue their international career um, once it's done. What I don't like about it is that it, 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 it creates a leg up for some nations, right? So there will be some mm-hmm. places like... Um, Fiji, like Tonga, well, really Tonga and Samoa are Tonga. the biggest ones. Yeah, yeah. Tonga, yeah. And, Tonga seem to be the the early winners here. Yeah, and and you know, I think a lot of this came from um, rugby league, Dan, where the Tonga rugby league team were able to pick up former New Zealand and Australian rugby league players that were no longer playing and immediately became competitive. Right. Yeah, that, that was interesting. It really that actually hinged off one player, Jason Taumalolo, who plays the North Queensland Cowboys. For some reason, just become disillusioned with New Zealand rugby league setup. Said, "I'm going to go play for Tonga," and uh, you know, proud country. They all followed him yeah. over, and then Tonga beat Australia. Which, right? Um, you know, we're talking rugby league. We'll get into that a little later. That that actually makes an appearance at a later little rugby league. So don't worry about that, folks. Hang up for that one. So. So I think that for, 
for, for some of the nations, and I think there are some others, I think there are some places like Spain, right? And, and maybe even Italy. And, and like Aaron said, potentially Wales and Scotland, where, you know, there's a lot of Spanish and Italian players that are playing in, in France. And maybe they've been capped by France a couple of times. And as soon as they're capped or, or it's not just capped, right? They could have played for whatever their second um, team is, which sometimes is just the U20s. So for some mm -hmm. countries, if you play for the U20s, you can't play for anyone else. So there could be some players in Spain, um, sorry, in France that have Spanish heritage that played for the French U20s have been captured. And now if they haven't been selected for three years would be eligible. So there are some, but I think this is like being primarily driven by the idea of, of the Pacific Islands. And I think from World Rugby's side, it basically is, it's like a shortcut to having a more competitive World Cup, right? So yeah. the idea is that like, you know, hey, if we do this, Tonga and Samoa immediately could become a lot better, especially the New Zealand players. So again, with our pivot, if when you grow up in New Zealand and you play for some of the New Zealand teams, you're eligible for the All Blacks. But once you've played for the All Blacks and you go overseas and play in another league, you are no longer eligible. So there's a lot of guys that even in their mid to late 20s, when they could still play for the All Blacks, they go to France or they go to England because they can earn more money there. Some of those guys right, will now be eligible to play for, um, for their country, not necessarily of origin. A lot of them grew up in New Zealand, but they do have Tongan parents or, or Samoan grandparents, mm -hmm. and they'll be eligible to make that move. So I think from World Rugby's perspective, it's kind of a way of getting a bit of a shortcut. Some question about what does it do for players that are developed on the islands? So, I mean, all of these like uh, eligibilities yeah. have pros and cons, right? It just, it is, it is what it is. And not only that, there's another eligibility change that's coming up at the end of the year that it, it, it's going to take you after like December 31st, it will now take you five years to be eligible by residency. So if you don't have a connection to a country, so a guy from Ireland comes over to Major League Rugby, if he, you know, um, if he's not capped, then it takes five years. There's a couple of guys, I think, you know, J.P. Smith, um, you know, up Brad, in Brad up Tucker. In, so Brad Tucker, both up in Seattle, both would be eligible if they got capped this year. Then they would then be eligible for the uh, um, for the US. But if they're not capped this year, then they have to wait probably another year or two. Then they would have to be on the five year. So lots of eligibility changes. Um, when it comes to the pivot for people that maybe haven't followed rugby, I wouldn't worry too much about it. <laughs> we probably got a little nerdy considering we just talked about having a pivot there. Technically, it's not until next year, so you're still good. Here's one for you. Are you how do you feel about the USA not scheduling a one-off game here for December to catch those players? It felt like that was like inevitable. There, there was a pool of players who were eligible that will now not be eligible at midnight on December 31st. Yeah, I mean, I think like we're we're a union that's just gone through bankruptcy. I mean, it's not cheap to gather a team and play a test. Um, like you can play Mexico, you can play. You know, the Cayman Mexico Islands. literally just played the Cayman Islands. I mean, how hard right. is it to say, let's send, you know, send a team down there for 23 and... I mean, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't do it. There were a couple of um, uh, players that were captured on the tour down to South Africa. Sorry, not um, South America, right? Mm -hmm. um, with the, uh, um, whatever that competition is now called um, down there. So there were a few players that, that were captured then. Yeah, they were under um, 23 though, right? You had to be under 23 for, to play Except for five players. Um, Kyle Breitenbach was one right. of them. So there was there was, there was, there was, there was Anya Kubian. Okay. Yeah. He was in the five that was above. So we had... Do we know why J.P. Smith and those guys didn't go? 
Uh, I think because they were not eligible within okay, the so window. Because I, I think you. it's J.P. Smith and um, Brad Tucker, and there's a few others, right, um, yeah. that are not just them that are in this position that are eligible, that just became eligible in the last few days. Right, yeah. exactly. They're, They're eligible because they, yeah, gotcha. right, right. So it's 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 tough. So I think you know, it, it, look, Gary Gold doesn't like leave many stones unturned. So so I would assume that 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 he's been considering this, yeah. and he's probably getting whatever he can. They probably looked into it, and like Aaron just said, the window was too tight, and the, right. the, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze there. Alrighty, all right. I'll just go back you know, into the peanut gallery and keep my mouth shut. All right, let's look at some transactions, uh, some trades. Chance one Gluski, we had him on the show. He hinted at this. Now official, he goes to New York. Evan Minturn uh, goes to Rugby ATL as part of that trade. There, the Cowboy Mark O'Keefe. He was acquired uh, by the Austin Gilbroni, so he leaves ATL onto his third team now, I believe. New York ATL, and now. Uh, over there in Austin. That's a good pickup. Really good player. Had a really good start to the year and then kind of fell off the pace a little at the back end. But uh, I'm sure he'll enjoy the coaching philosophies there of uh, Sam Harris and Mark Gerard. Joining him is Julian Dominguez. So he was acquired for some cap space and a first round draft pick uh, from NOLA. So that's a, that's a big trade. I think NOLA... Again, probably under some cap constraints there, had to free up some space. And Dominguez, it was probably one of their best players, to be honest. Um, well, I, I mean, he guys. solves the problem for Austin, right? Austin couldn't score tries and um, Dominguez mm-hmm. is, he scores tries. I mean, he doesn't do much else, but that guy with the ball in his hands is an absolute beast. So uh, it's, a, it's a good pickup by Austin. And, uh, and, you know, I think Nola, they're building a very American-centric team. And so it makes sense for them to kind of take a player that's, you know, South American um, and acquire a first round um, draft pick, which I assume will be at least a North American that they can that, that they can build with. So um, and also yeah. we have to remember that um, a lot of backs are coming back for Nola, right? The, the, the Robbie Coleman's, Coleman's coming back. Um, JP Eloff is coming back. There's there's Nick Feeks. There's a lot of backs that are coming back. So you can see that they might be saying, you know, we have this guy doesn't isn't like the fly half in every position, right? Which is kind of the way that that, that they like to play, and so um, makes sense for both teams. I think that trade. Well, it's almost as though you read the rundown because Nola have acquired Harley Wheeler out of ATL. So there's your ready-made replacement right there. Very That's similar right. style of play for a big bruising winger. They also acquired Dev Ferris and Aaron Matthews from Seattle for some cap space, a foreign slot, and a second round pick. All right, let's dive a little deeper now as we go into signings. Austin, Luke Beecham, captain of the Sabercats. He is now signed with Austin, so he will be just up the road there, staying in Texas but playing for the Gilgronis in 2022. Chad London, he was one of the original signings for the Dallas Jackals. He returns for one last runaround. You would have to think, old Chatty, the old uh, the old rhinoceros, the legs have to be getting weary, but he's going to have one more shot there in Dallas. DC, get Rob Iremescu. He was formerly with New York and uh, big Will Talitaina. And that's a good signing there for DC as well. LA, Will Chambers. So big one. State of origin for Queensland, Melbourne Storm. Played for the Reds in Super Rugby as well. 
I uh, was with the Cronulla Sharks last year. I think we've talked a little bit about Will already. Now it's been announced. Quite possibly one of the greatest ledgers to ever play rugby league. And that is a high honour. If anyone's played so, so rugby on, league... Hold on. Hold on. For those of us that aren't Australian, what's a sledger? Uh, smack talk. A smack there talker. You there you go. <laughs> but uh, Will Chambers is known. He's known for smack talk. First and foremost, absolute phenomenal player. Like to play state of origin, and he was part of those Queensland teams uh, in the two like twenty tens and on that were just unbeatable. And state of origin again, our pivots very poor so far for any new fans. We're talking about other codes already, but (laughs) anyway, big big signing. Aaron, Aaron, this might be harder than we think to go this way. Uh, we'll make it. Yeah. I mean, we'll figure it out. We'll just, we'll I'll just, I'll just put the breadcrumbs on storytelling in front of Dan. You know, I'll, right. I'll, you know, I'll be like this, this. Just this. make it like, like all we have to do is make, make, like allow Dan to do pop culture, and we will never talk rugby. I mean, yeah, let's be honest. So. Let's just be real. <laughs> pop culture. Here's the big one. Here's the big one, Pete. New York. I sign, I sign my boy, my main squeeze, Sam Windsor. Mr. Sabercat himself, he's uh, traded in the black and yellow for the orange and blue. He'll go up there and join already uh, what was a pretty formidable uh, backline. Boy, you know, Harry Bennett Andy had Ellis an amazing and Sam year. Windsor. But... Yeah, like for, yeah. for Andy Ellis and Sam Windsor, is a pretty tasty, experienced halfback parent. Yeah, it sure is. All right, let's talk about some extensions. DC, Corey Daniel. I am a massive Corey Daniel fan, just quietly. I think that kid's got a, a future. So keep an eye on him. Uh, Danny Thomas comes back as well, another bright young player. And then uh, Renato Roberts Tanana. Man, he was unreal this last year. He was DC's he, he was. Yeah. biggest attacking weapon. So yeah. excited to see him come back and run around again. Yeah, great pickup. New York. Here we go. Bonasso, Pryor, uh, Fuitai. Uh, Nauti and Thakabalavu. So add Ellis and Windsor into there. You've got some really good players. So New, geez, New York, New York are building. That's going to be. I think so. So I think New York and Houston might be the two most interesting teams when they come out the gate because I think that they're going to be pretty different. And I think they play each other be... in round two. How right. good is that going to be? That's right. Yeah. But I think that they're going to be different philosophically it feels like there's some philosophical things that are happening in new york so i think i th- i think that they're like making a statement with their offseason they might be winning the offseason i don't know if that's in aaron's like you know um post pivot show but new york might be winning the offseason now we can do that in the professor's deep dive we've still got that little window for the rugby uh we do. aficionados the eggheads so uh, Toronto, Fergie Ferg, uh, Andrew Fergalicious Ferguson, he resigns, John Sheridan and Marcello Wainwright all come back for the Arrows. And boy, oh boy, that's going to be great to see the Toronto Arrows back in Toronto slash British Columbia for one game next year. Yeah, that's right. Just, just north of the border. Just have them play north of the border. All right. I was tasked very late today by our producer, Aaron Castro, to do a Christmas jingle. And I did it. I found a window of time. I put it together. It's not very creative, but I did it. And just just so people know, my creativity has time constraints and and unfortunately we were up against it. But I did get it. I took a little play on the 12 days of Christmas. So I added a day because we have 13 teams in the league. But do you want to hear it? Yeah, I I cannot wait to hear it. All right. Do you want to sing it? 
Okay, just talk no, through you, it. Okay. You, Which you one? Can like, um, oh, well, I want you to sing it, but you can like rap it if you want. People, Ooh. I need. We need to get we need to rap. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, uh, and then I'm going to save. Um, I'm going to give you your your piece at the end here, Pete, to, to just to talk me through how bad it was. All good. All okay. right. All right. Okay. On the first day of Christmas, my jackals brought to me an actual roster and a regular season game. On the second day of Christmas, my Saber Cats brought to me a winning season, please. On the th- I'm not doing all of them, though. I'm just going through one by one. We'll be here too long. On the third day of Christmas, my Seahawks brought to me that season two consistency. On the fourth day of Christmas, my Arrows brought to me a real Toronto home game. On the fifth day of Christmas, my legion brought to me flat passes from Nonu all the way out to Will Hooli. Remember that pass he threw to Mikey Taylor a few years ago? I do, yeah. Yeah. I want to see that one again. On the sixth day of Christmas, my old glory brought to me more junior sow all the way from Rugabully League. Yes. Good player, Junior Sal. I'm excited to see him go too. On the seventh day of Christmas, my Gilcronies brought to me the real cowboy, Big Mark O'Keefe. On the eighth day of Christmas, and I think every fan in the league is going to like this one, except for Free Jacks fans. My Free Jacks brought to me less bloody lines on the field at Quincy. On the ninth day of Christmas, my gold brought to me the King, Carlos Spencer, for just one game. Strap the boots on, Carlos, one game. On the tenth day of Christmas, my New Yorkers brought to me a backline with Ellis, Windsor, and Jason Emery. That's actually you, Pete. On the 11th day of Christmas, my Warriors brought to me the first ever championship ring. Maybe 2022 Warriors fans. On the 12th day of Christmas, my Rattlers brought to me a new field that's fast for the Missile and Palapusi. Oh, good, good work. Good work. Thank you. And on the 13th day of Christmas, my Guiltinis brought to me Back-to-back titles for Gilly. Boom. <laughs> there it is. Okay, the okay. days so... of MLR Christmas. That'll be available on Apple iTunes and uh, Spotify or whatever, wherever you buy your music now. So, so first of all, I think we should, like, um, we should post it and then we should have fans sing it. And then we'll we'll play at the at the first post Christmas one, the best the best one that the fans sing because Dan, your writing is incredible. The singing, oh, not my might need work. a little bit of work. I know it's hard with headphones in and stuff like that. It is, but this, yeah. like the like, acoustics. Like two, yeah, I'll be acoustics. Yeah, so so I, I don't know where, how we feel, but maybe we can post it and we'll get someone to you know, send their recordings into Aaron because he's got nothing else to do. And um, we'll, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, I think it's great. You did a great job. 
Thanks. And it, you know, very, very creative. There was some great scanning there. There was some great rhyming. Um, just the whole song bit was probably a bit of a challenge. A bit rough. I didn't have any background music too. I think it helps when you have like a little. You know, yeah. No, it does. Stick, it does. Stick I, to I it. could have, I could have provided that to you, but I was enjoying hearing you sing it as you did. So I didn't want to mm. really provide you with any help. If you, I don't know if people at home can. Hear, I've got a bunch of dogs at the front of my house now howling. So uh, obviously, I hit some keys that uh, <laughs> appeals to our canine friends. Triggered them. Triggered them. There it is. There it is. The thirteen well, days, of days of Christmas. Yeah, I like that. Well, well happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays and and Merry Christmas. And uh, um, yeah, I guess this is it until we're in the twenty twenty two. I actually had to fill out, I was filling out an SOW for a client and it, it like I, I couldn't put 2022. I'm like, there's no way it's 2022. Like yeah. we should be on the moon or something in 2022. I'm like, there should be something. We've actually already been, unless you're a conspiracy theorist. And then, no, know, but I mean, we should all be living on the moon. We Mars, should all be living baby. On the moon. Mars, Mars, man. Mars. Yeah, me and Elon. So, all right. Well, I uh, I echo your thoughts. Happy holidays to all our fans. Merry Christmas to those that celebrate. Merry Christmas. Whatever makes you happy. Enjoy it with the family or those who are close to you this holiday season. For Pete Steinberg, the professor. For Aaron Castro, our producer. I'm Dan Power. This has been, for the last time until the pivot, MLR kickoff. <laughs>